Bex Mix is brought to you by the Aromatic Show, broadcasting on Liberated Syndication, youtube.com forward slash Aromatic Show, and is in association with the Old School Lane podcast. Pixmix is brought to you by oldschoollane.blogspot.com and is associated with the Aaron Meta Show. Pigs Mix with Aaron. And Patricia. Hey, Patricia, how are you doing? Um, I'm alright. Um, unfortunately, for everybody who's listening, our good streak of covering really good Pixar movies has now come to an end. Oh, come now. now we're pa- back into mediocrity. Oh, come now, Patricia. It can't be that bad, right? I, I mean, it was bad. I just said it was like, uh, listen up. I mean, we, we talked about in the up uh, Pigs Mix episode about like, possible prequels and sequels and all that stuff and let's be honest did anybody ask for a prequel for this movie um i was confused by that i did want to see more of this movie like of this franchise for that because you know let's face it uh the movie that we're going to talk about it's uh well it's a first uh rendition of it uh, was highly successful and uh, we will eventually get into it in another uh, episode of Pixmix, but uh, shall we uh, start off the intro and uh, we'll tell everybody what we're talking about? Sure. You know, say, I have a football game. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I, what are we watching? Friday Night Lights? Is it Remember the Titans? Yeah, I was going to say, is this... Uh, uh, mind you, wouldn't the, uh, the idea of... Uh, well, let's say they do Monsters Football rather than do Monsters University. Like that. They do like, you know, like the you know the, your stereotypical kind of sports film. You know, where like, you know, yeah, every, yeah, yeah. all the team is down at the beginning. Then it all, they all win at the end. It's like, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, and uh, that, that's pretty much part of this film, pretty much. And uh, also, it's uh, it's kind of a mix of, like, you've, have you ever seen Dumb and Dumber when Harry met Lloyd? Dumb and Dumber 2? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I have seen that movie. And it's sort of a mix of that and every other kind of piece of mediocrity that kind of came out of that in that era, I guess. Not to mention, n- name any college frat movie and you it, it'll be there. Um, Animal House, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah, Revenge of the Nerds. And, uh, so yeah, uh, I actually saw Revenge of the Nerds like I would say six months ago with my sister. We wa- we both watched it for the very first time, and we never seen the movie. And we've you know we've heard some things about it, and we actually quite enjoyed it. It was you know kind of um, you know fun and looking at these nerds going up against these jocks who pretty much treated them like crap, getting uh, you know getting them away from their uh, fraternity after they were incredibly drunk and stupid when it burned down. 
and um and then you know them trying to get revenge so yeah this movie um monsters university really reminded me of revenge of the nerds only without the scene in which they are trying to liven up a dance party with smoking pot Mm, it's just it's like um when i first heard about this i was like um when they say oh we're gonna do a prequel to monsters inc it's like Okay, it's like, uh, I can kind of understand why they would want to do it, because we would be... I'll I tell you what, the story of uh, Sully and uh, Mike Wazowski getting together is actually quite an intriguing uh, storyline for uh, yeah, you know, what built up to Monsters, Inc. Yeah, but it off continuity. You remember in Monsters, Inc., in which there would be, um, you know, they were walking over to Monsters, Inc. for their job, and they were, like, talking to each other, and then Mikey said, um, you've been jealous of my good looks since the fourth grade. So, yeah, they didn't meet in college. They met in the fourth grade, and then I think I saw, like, some interview about that particular scene when I was watching the, um, the movie, uh, and, you know, I was looking at, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff and, like, some things that were cut from the movie, and apparently they knew about it, but then they just got rid of that continuity. It's kind of like similar to God of War, in which like um, Kratos, if you if you like played through like um, throughout the end of the game, and then you got to like the um, the additional scenes, and Kratos eventually does find out that Zeus is his father, and then if you play God of War two, and then Athena tells him that Zeus is um, Kratos's um, father, I mean son. And then Kratos is shocked by this. It's like, um, yeah, Kratos should already know about this because in uh, in God of War, he was talking about how he's going to get revenge against Zeus. And then there was an interview with the director saying, like, eh, fuck it. Let's, uh, you know, I'm sure nobody would even pay attention to that kind of detail. So I guess it's the same thing here. And yeah. we didn't forget. Yep, I believe so. So before we dig into uh, this uh, failing university, let's uh, let's go into the uh, attached short film. So um, there were two short films that actually came attached with this film. I don't exactly know which one was which attached and how they were attached or whatever. But uh, you either got uh, the Blue Umbrella, which, uh, which, or you got Party Central, which unfortunately I've not seen either of them. So... Uh, um, I have not seen either of them either because um, I saw, you know, the um, I, I, when I was watching Monsters University, I was seeing it like, um, let's see, the first time I saw Monsters University was on DVD and, you know, I didn't see like the, the short that came with it. But then the second time I watched it, which was for the preparation of Pixmix, I saw it on demand. So I didn't get the chance to see the Blue Umbrella either. So mm. I guess this will be the first time in which none of us will be talking about one of the Pixar shorts that came with the movie. Oh, I see now. So you got the Blue Umbrella if you went to the cinema and you got, um, you got Party Central if you got the DVD. I think. Correct. So, well, yeah, that, that's that. There we go. So uh, that's that clear. So we see neither of them because uh, I think uh, the only thing we were really interested in was the movie. So uh, surprisingly enough, but uh, let's uh, let's just go through it all and uh, go through the notes and uh, let's see what we make it of all. So the story starts with a six-year-old monster, uh, Michael Mike Rosalski, uh, on a school trip to Monsters Incorporated, a scaring company. Uh, and uh, I mean, do I really need to explain to you what Monsters Inc- Incorporated is if we've already seen Monsters Inc? Yeah, we don't even need to explain that. I mean, we already know from the first movie about what Monsters, Inc. is. It's a place that you go to so you can be able to scare kids so you can gain energy and it's used for power. Yeah. That's basically it. You know what? I've just suddenly just come into my head right now. Um, would you say this is uh, equivalent to the Star Wars prequels? You know, you have the original Star Wars, which was Monsters, Inc., and you have the Star Wars prequel, which is Monsters University. 
Would you dare well, make the comparison? I mean, <laughs> nobody's really being called as like, um, you know, like, oh, you know, Sully is the Jesus in the monster un- in the monster world. You know? Yeah, I guess. So, I mean, I'm just, uh, I I just thought it would be an interesting comparison, but guess not. So uh, anyway, going back to this. So, um, my, basically, it's a scene where Mike he uh, finds his hero Frank uh, McKay, and uh, he um, walks into into the human world through a door, and uh, he shouldn't have done so. And uh, but uh, he Frank uh, thinks this quite fun, and uh, says he has a lot of spunk, so he gives him his hat as a souvenir, and the teacher reprimands him for uh, go, basically getting away from the group. So he's your typical like uh, you know your kid you know, running away where he shouldn't be going. It's kind of like a, kind of a Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory deal, in a way. So, um, that's basically what it is. And uh, then I think that takes us into the, uh, into the intro. And so, uh, roughly two years later, 12 years later, Mike uh, is a scare major and is uh, starting his first day at the prestigious Monsters University. And on his uh, first day, Mike befriends his mo- roommate, the nerdy and shy Randall Waltz, would you believe? Oh, this is where we first get introduced to Randall joy and Mm. you know it's kind of funny looking at randall as like a geek when he's essentially like the rival slash co-villain in the first movie yeah he wasn't very interesting no he wasn't it's it's actually kind of disappointing i would have thought that maybe i mean if he was going to be like a geek and it's like okay that's perfectly fine but yeah, and then, you know, it would lead up to why he doesn't like, you know, um, Mike and Sully. But, I mean, he's mostly focused on Mike in this part of the movie. He doesn't really connect to Sully that much until, like, towards the end of the movie. But even then, it's not like a strong rivalry compared to the one that he has with Mike. I know. It's, it's just, it just felt like uh, he just kind of, like, just shoehorned in. Just kind of like, oh, hey, remember this character from the last movie? It's like, you know, it's just, uh, even though it's a prequel, it's just, you know, just, yeah, it just felt, just, just felt unusual for me, uh, looking at that. I really wish they kind of, like, left him out, and, like, uh, they, they, like, he, and then they kind of met, they basically met each other at Monsters, Inc., and now they compete against each other, and it kind of made it more like they felt like they came from, like, very different backgrounds, and I feel like Monsters in University kind of makes it feel like, oh, they're all cut from the same cloth, and it just kind of takes yeah, away yeah, a little yeah. bit from the Or maybe even better, yeah, maybe he could have been in the rival school, and maybe he and Sully would have competed against each other to see who was the you know the best scarer. That yeah. would have made a lot more sense. I take that point and uh, award points for that. So yeah, I definitely would say say that indeed. So um, um, during the first class that uh, he enters into, uh, Mike is answering a question. He's interrupted by another scare student, which is the arrogant large blue monster named James P. Sully Sullivan. And uh, I guess it kind of makes sense to make him kind of like the the high school jerk, but it's a university, really. So he's was it really that kind of like jerky characters in 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 the university level? I know, I know, in college, I know, in high school, there was kind of like those characters, but in in I don't know, in this situation, I'm not too sure. I mean, in I guess it kind of makes. Uh, somewhat sense because if Sully was the best scarer in Monsters Inc., I'm sure that he would have had this giant ego with um, you know him being the best scarer in like the university and everybody's like praising him. He's like, oh, you know, your your father was the best scarer in this university. But here's the thing: you see, in Monsters Inc., he didn't have that much of an ego. He just did it because he loved it so much. He didn't do it just for the sake of, oh, I'm doing it because I'm the best and nobody can compare to me. And, you know, when everybody was like, 
going all over Sully, like the co-workers in the first movie, and everybody was just like greeting him. He was just like a humble guy. Where did this cockiness come from? It just feels kind of out of nowhere. I know, it just it just feels really, really unusual. And, uh, you know, this is something I really hate Pixar doing with this. Like, uh, you know, again, it kind of puts in kind of like the stereotypes of this type of genre of movie. Wouldn't it have been more interesting if they decided to go in a more realistic uh, direction? With like university life, you know, dealing with like the stresses of uh, and the the pressure of competition and things like that, instead of like you know doing what they did in this movie. In a yeah, way. and uh, you know, you could even argue that an extremely goofy movie kind of did that in a way in which yeah, the scene in which Goofy's trying to study for his test because he wants to do well in class, and then when he does fail, he's just determined to get himself back on the grind, and it does deliver on that sense of pressure into becoming good in your classes but here i mean you know it's we don't really get that much of a strong tension until we meet up with um one of the characters we'll be discussing about but yeah for the most part it just kind of i mean i really wish that we would have gotten into the like the main core about where scaring came from like um, you know, like going all the way back to like the origins of scaring, because I mean, that's what they're doing. They're scaring because they want to generate power from humans, uh, you know, from their screams. And maybe it'll be a nice little history lesson into, you know, what was the first time that happened? How did they discover that screams can be able to energize so much power? Why did they think that humans were deadly to the touch? If you're going to make a prequel like this, I think that it would be really nice if you can actually build up on the universe of you know the monster world and how it led up to eventually being monsters inc i tell you what patricia if we do get that film and i hear the word metachlorians you know uh, you and i are through (laughs) (laughs) mic drop see you later i'm out of here okay yeah that's done okay so uh, mike studies hard and repeatedly answers questions in class correctly while the uh, privileged sully uh, oh my god uh, convinces that all he needs is his natural abilities, uh, natural abilities, scaring ability, and begins to falter. In the final exam, Mike and Sully rivalry gets out of hand, resulting in Dean's uh, hard scrabble, uh, failing both of them and dropping them from the program, which uh, prompts uh, Raw Omega Raw to uh, kick Sully out of the fraternity. So uh, yeah, I mean, they got kicked out of the fraternity because. Um... Because they were fighting, and then it ended up with breaking the Dean's statue. Yeah. Well, I don't get the Dean. I mean, isn't she, like, supposed to be, like, you know, the best scarer ever? I mean, it's like... Yeah, she's this... supposed to be the best scarer ever, and she had received this big trophy to show that. But, uh, and yet we never see her scare. I know. I mean, like... she has an intimidating personality, and uh, you, and, and, and if, that, if that would have been the case in which maybe that's why she's scary, that would have been subtle, and that would have been amazing. But, but why does that motivate her to be the dean of a university? I don't I don't get why. Why would she then want to... I mean, was it ever explained why she want, what motivated her to kind of pass on... Uh, her, her like talents to like other monsters like wouldn't she like you know if she was like the best scarer ever wouldn't she like just kind of like want to kind of live in that in that limelight and uh, i don't know, even keep scaring to this day i, I don't know i just... don't know either yeah I, I mean again there could have been a, a really interesting possibility into why she's the best scarer did she scare somebody famous to get that calling did she scare the most people out of anybody yeah, there, there's not really much of an explanation to her character. All that we know is that she's this really tough dean, and that nobody, you know, that nobody wants to mess with her, and that 
um, if you want to be able to go into this competition, you have to be like the top-notch skier and you have to get good grades and all that stuff. And um, then we have the scene in which when, you know, the, 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 um, uh, the statue breaks and then, um, you know, that's when, um, you know, the, t- the dean, you know, fails Sully and Mike because, um, you know, Sully didn't study for his test because he thinks he's such a natural sports scarer and mike uh he's like really intelligent like i'm actually surprised that they focused on mike he wanted to be a scarer because i mean in the in monsters inc we do know that uh yes he does know a lot about the monster world he knows all about the rules and what not to do so it makes a lot of sense for him to do that it's just that in this movie he's just not scary and I guess it, it doesn't help much that in Monsters, Inc., you know, he's always being portrayed as, like, the, you know, the, the comedic type. Yeah, I'm sorry to keep going back to the Dean, but uh, I just I just don't understand her presence in this film. I mean, she's like, uh, I mean, she's the, she, she's kind of like the, again, she's another stereotype. She's like, she's the monstrous Dean, like, uh, you know, we even see saw that in uh, Saved by the Bell, the new class. No, not not the new class. The, you know that uh, that one where uh, you know Zach Morris and Screech go to college and stuff. You know the college years. There we go. I mean, like, remember the uh, they had like the you know the really monstrous dean in that university as well. And she's just another one. I mean, she's not she's not going to be. Mem- I don't think I'm going to remember her. Like you know, years down the line, someone's going to have to pro- 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 I, I, to kind of like, The only reason why I will remember her is probably in that last scene of the movie. Yeah, probably <laughs> again. Yeah. So, um, uh, unhappy with a boring new major, uh, Mike decides to enter the Scare Games, an extracurricular uh, competition involving a series of physical challenges that uh, test the monster's scaring ability. As the participants must be a member of the fraternity or sorority, uh, Mike joins uh, Usa Kappa, a small fraternity of misfit monsters. So, and uh, and here we go with more stereotypes. Yeah, you know the all the nerds, you know the uh, the dad, you know the um, the the mom. I can't even remember the characters or the, the name of those. No, characters. I don't remember anybody either. It's just that, um, you know, it's like with Revenge of the Nerds in which, like, they're, they're just playing with all these stereotypes and you don't really remember any of them. Yeah. You don't have any distinct personalities for them to stand out. And they have no other choice but to stay over there because in order for them to join the monster scaring games, they need to be in a fraternity. And so, um, you know, they ha- essentially have to teach them how to be scary. And so they do, like, all of these um, tasks in order for them to help them out, like they do, like sneaking, they do um, a whole bunch of things, and they pretty much suck at it. Yeah, I, I hated how he joined. He, he ended up joining the scare games because again, he was another face down with the dean, wasn't it? And like he was yeah, like, he, he, he yeah, like st- basically, um, Mike and Sully made this um, bet that if um, they win the scare games, then they can be able to go into um, Roar Mega Roar. But if they lose the the scare games, then they will have to leave the university. Yeah, and it was like it was. I remember when they like did that whole thing where like you know the deans like standing on the stage and like Sully's like like really tucked away at the back. And I thought they were gonna do like the joke, you know, like in Kung Fu Panda where Poe's like you know like all the way over there and he's trying to speak to the. Uh, Oh, I can't remember the name of the antagonist Kung Fu Panda 2, but, you know, they can barely hear him, and, like, they're just kind of looking at him saying, what's he saying? Like, he's, he's all the way over there. Like, what, what's he doing? It's like, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it just reminds me of that scene. I thought they were going to do that scene, but it just, you know, it just looked really awkward after seeing Kung Fu Panda 2 and then seeing this. So, uh, you know, the way, you know, that works. 
Okay, so um, slowly seeing the composition uh, as his ticket to back into the Scare program offers to join, which uh, Mike eventually reluctantly accepts. Uh, in the process of joining, Mike makes a deal with uh, Dean Hartscrubble, the founder of the games, to uh, remit their team into the Scaring program if they win. Whether if they lose, uh, Mike must leave Lomas's University. Uh, with the last uh, place, placing team in the, each round of the games being eliminated from the competition, uh, Uza Kappa miraculously advanced uh, through the first rounds and survived by sheer luck. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, it kind of reminds me of, like, the, the, you know, the castle scenes from Shrek, I think, in the first one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just about to say that, um, basically that you have, um, Shrek having to wrestle all of these knights in order for him to talk to Lord Farquaad, getting the fairy tale creatures out of his swamp. Mm -hmm. And then he has to go save Princess Fiona and bring her back and then make sure that she's okay. And yeah, it's like a bunch of tasks in order for the movie to have a purpose. Again, with Revenge of the Nerds, in which in order for them to gain respect, they have to go up against the main fraternity because they won't even give them any credibility. And it's the same thing here in which they have to prove themselves or in, in you know, with Mike and Sully, they want to go back into the school and they want to be able to go into the scare program. And Sully wants to join up with Roar Mega Roar because they're the best. He, he feels like he deserves to be there. And so as time goes on, we do get to know the characters a little bit more. They do really well with the competition. Uh, a lot of people are recognizing them and they're cheering for them. And, uh, you know, we have that old stereotype in which like, Oh, um, you know, uh, Sully, if you decide to, um, if you decide to, you know, you can come back into the scaring program, but, you know, you just leave off Wazowski. And then we even have Roar Mega Roar wanting, you know, him to join as well. But, you know, he declines. And um, then eventually we have that final round in which they have to, it's kind of like um, with the first movie in which you have the kid in the bed and you scare him. Yeah. And you know it, it judges you on how well you scare him. Well, we forgot the padding, the padding uh, that was in the middle of all of that, which was uh, they had the party and then they had that embarrassing uh, thing, yeah, and then they uh, then they to dilute their spirits. If there, no, if there was no pot involved, I don't care. Yeah, and uh, then there was like well, after that they had like the whole like you know lifting their spirits back up again that whole routine where they go to monsters, monsters incorporated and go see what's in there again. And then it kind of felt like when when they. Did that it was kind of like a scene to kind of remind you that this was a monsters this was related to monsters university because you think about it it's like you know if it wasn't for mike and sully like you know so there's, there's sometimes i looked at that and think it looks like sometimes a, a pretty different movie it kind of feels like it doesn't feel like you know a prequel or like a sequel it feels like a spin-off yeah uh, exactly and um even the design of the characters looks somewhat different it's a lot more brighter and colorful where I mean, yes, yes, it is true that Monsters Inc. was bright and colorful as well, but it's like in Monsters University, like they turn up the colors just a little bit more. Mm, it just yeah. Maybe, maybe that's just maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Little... It, it does it does feel like a pretty different from what it actually from what it was before. So uh, he breaks into the uh, door lab and uh, uses a uniquely crafted door to enter the human world. Uh, but the plan goes. Oh, hang on a second. I just skipped, skipped a line. I do apologize. Uh, so uh, yeah, we have the games with the kid in the bed, and then uh, Mike basically blows the uh, the 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 the, uh, the scare uh, scoreboard up and uh, basically wins it for them. But then uh, he uh, I don't know. I forget how he does it, but he realizes that the actually the uh, machine um, that they use is actually tampered with the machine. 
and you know, it was supposed to be like graded for very hard, but then Sully tampered with it and made it into very easy, and that's how Mike was able to scare the kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forgot how they found out about that actually. How how did the Sorry, well, I'm when, um, I believe it was when Mike was uh, getting his like trophy because he left it with, um, you know, when they were getting the congratulations and then he ran over and he wanted to get his stuff. And then um, the little hatch that uh, the knob was in to change the difficulty, he's, uh, it opened up and then he saw that it was switched over to very easy and he was like really shocked by this. And then he realizes that he can't scare anybody that no matter how hard he tries with reading and researching and trying his best on multiple scares, he just realizes that he's not going to be a good scarer because he's not scary at all. Mm -hmm. So then we get to the point where um, the line I just read out by accident, which was uh, Mike is heartbroken by all of this and he wants to prove that he's actually he's capable of becoming a scarer. So he breaks into the door lab and uses a newly crafted door to enter the human world. But his plan goes wrong when it turns out that the new door leads to a summer camp full of children and he fails to scare anybody. Uh, yeah, like- yeah, yeah. This this actually kind of uh, yeah. This this is actually the first time in which you actually see the um, the um the ability to go over you know go th- through the doors and you go over to like a human's um bed or a location where they're sleeping and then you scare them, and um yeah, it kind of the, the, you know similar to um the one scene in which when Sully was scaring a bunch of kids and uh, he said it was a slumber party, so I guess. In this case, um, it's a summer camp for Mike to do that. And, um, yeah, it, it turned out to be a massive disaster. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ma- uh, so, not only is Mike in the door, Solly goes through the door and tries to look for Mike, and uh, they, fi- they basically finds him by the uh, the lake, you know, uh, you know, feeling sorry for himself. And uh, they attempt to try and return, but uh, Dean Hardscrabble and the Child Detection Agency have deactivated the door from the other side trapping them in the human world. And working together, Sully and Mike are scared the investigating adults and uh, uh, generating an overwhelming uh, amount of scream energy to open the door from the other side and basically kind of blow up the lab. So uh, that was uh, that was that bit. And uh, because of that, they end up getting expelled from the university. So uh, that was a complete waste of time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And so then uh, after that, we get uh, a montage of them uh, going, actually joining Monsters, Monsters Inc., in uh, like working their way up from like the bottom and then working their way up to the top until finally they are actually working at Monsters Univ- in- Monsters Incorporated and takes us up to uh, the original film. And as of any interest that we learn from their past before they join up with Monsters Inc., not really. No. The only thing I will say is that the ending that the dean gives them about like. You know, just because you sought out to do something and if it doesn't work out, that doesn't mean that you're a failure. You know, I actually really do like that lesson. That lesson is actually really powerful. And um, it's actually a lesson that you don't really hear a lot in other movies. And it's a shame because it's a really good lesson that if you feel like you're a failure, if you didn't do something that you always wanted to do and, um, you know, you just do something else, then you you succeed at it. Like I've interviewed a lot of people over the years and some of them, they wanted to do different things and then they ended up doing this, uh, whatever they're doing now. Uh, Paul Germain, you know, he always wanted to do like, um, 
he wanted to do movies and he wanted to do a whole bunch of other things. He never thought in a million years that he would do cartoons like, um, you know, Rugrats or Recess or anything like that. And just a few days ago on Google, uh, it was like the 100th or 25th something birthday of some guy who accidentally found um, a way to make a natural dye of mauve. And originally he was trying to find a cure for malaria. So, yeah, he never had found the cure for malaria, but he did make a, a lie that was able to dye clothes purple. So, you know, it's it's in a sense, if you want to do something and it doesn't work out in the end, that doesn't mean you're a failure. It means that maybe you were meant to do something else. Yeah. And, uh, well, hey, I, I originally went back in the day, I wanted to be a, a, a commentator for professional wrestling. And so now I do a podcast. So, uh, you know, so some things don't work out and uh, some things do. So, uh... Yeah, like for me, I've, I want to do a lot of things. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a chef. Uh, I wanted to do computers and none of those worked out for me. And now, um, you know, at 30, almost 32 years old, I want to go back to school again and, you know, try to attempt of doing broadcasting. And if that works out for me, then that's great. And if it doesn't, then... Um, I'm not a failure. I just need to find a way in order for me to incorporate what I know into doing something else. Yeah. Uh, one thing I've just learned about uh, Dean uh, Hardscobble, she's actually played by Helen Mirren. Yeah, Dame, she is. Same Helen Mirren herself. Wow, I actually didn't know that. And uh, I know Billy Crystal played uh, Mike Wazowski. I know John Goodman obviously plays Sully. And, uh, yeah, uh, speaking of Billy Crystal, um, going back into like all the way when we were talking about Toy Story, um, you know, he was actually called in to his um buzz lightyear but he declined on it saying that it didn't fit him as a character and he's and he said in like many interviews that that was the biggest regret that he ever made in his acting career oh really oh my i I couldn't i couldn't imagine billy crystal being buzz lightyear to be honest yeah me too i mean it would just be a little bit different obviously like (laughs) i think billy uh billy's performance would have made a little bit more comedic yeah do infinity and beyond it's like you know (laughs) All right, exactly. I can imagine that. So um, this um, bunch of average, uh, I mean, uh, this uh, did, uh, surprisingly, it was a $200 million budget, which I thought, you know, I thought you could probably get better writing out of a $200 million budget, to be honest with you. But to be fair, this film did grow $743 million, sorry, $743 million at the box office. So we can't really say it's a failure. No, it's not. It did make a lot of money, but it was in the... But, you know, you have to understand that for a lot of people who saw this movie, they were thinking that, oh, Monsters, Inc., um, you know, this was a movie that I grew up with. And especially with the ending that we got from the original, you were thinking, oh, you know, I can't wait for the sequel. And then you find out it's a prequel. It's. I, I feel really, really bad for fans of... Um, uh, what's that video game called? Um, it's on the top of my tongue. What Half Life? Uh, Half Life Two? No, 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 not not Half Life Two. Um, but you did for Half Life Two, yeah. I, I feel bad for those guys too. Um, I meant to say, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, that let me see if I can remember the game. Um, Beyond what? Good and Evil. That's what it was. Beyond Good, Beyond and, Good Evil. and Evil. Okay, so Beyond Good and Evil is this cult classic that uh, was left on a cliffhanger. And, you know, there was no game announcement of it for, like, over a decade. And then finally on, like, I think it was last year's E3, they did announce that they were going to make a, uh, a half um, um, Beyond Good and Evil 2, but it's going to be a prequel. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, 
Is it like you know, like when you're asking for the next adventure of Link, you know, where, where Link's going to go in the Legend of Zelda, and then all of a sudden it's just it's another is another bunch of prequels. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. just, yeah, And apparently, I'm doing some research about this movie right now, and apparently that there were plans of doing a Monsters, Inc. sequel, and there was even a division of Disney that were going to be doing, um, uh, you know, 3D films, very similar to Pixar. They were going to be like the rivals of Pixar, but then it was shut down in 2006. So, you know, there were play- there, you know, basically the movie was in like developmental hell for like about a decade. And then eventually when they were announced that they were going to make a, a Pixar sequel in 2010, they thought, oh, um, it's going to be Monsters, uh, you know, Monsters Inc. 2. But then it turned out to be Toy Story 3. And then, uh, you know, then there was like Cars 2. And then, uh, you know, it was like the beginning of the Pixar um, Dark Age, as they call it nowadays. Like after Toy Story 3, um, you know, and and uh, you know, shortly after John Lasseter left Pixar to go work for Disney, um, Pixar went through like a slump of producing a lot of mediocre movies, mm. and then eventually it was you know it, it was announced that they were going to make Monsters University a prequel. So, yeah. yeah, I guess we'll never see a Monsters Inc. two, or at least anytime soon. At least uh, I, I'd like to see a Monsters Inc. two. Like, uh, we'd love to see yeah. it too. I mean, right, we have the Incredibles two. We're going to be getting Toy Story four. So, I mean, if there is any movie that I would like to see a sequel of, it would definitely be uh, Monsters, Inc. too. Because, I mean, wouldn't it be great if we get to see um, Boo and, you know, what would she be like if she was a little older? And Well, we kind of um, did, because uh, if you remember, she cameoed in Toy Story 3. So Yeah, uh, but, you know, more information about her, at least. Yeah, yeah. actually, I saw her, like, uh, when, when they did a design in Toy Story 3, and I, I looked at her and thought, she could carry a film. Like you know, uh, I'd love to see like a sweet little girl, like uh, you know, end up in the accidentally in the monster world and uh, you know trying to, you know, uh, try and get out of it again. I mean, it's uh, on top of that, she's older now, so there's possibility of like uh, having you know better interactions, I guess, with the world that she's in. So uh, yeah, yeah, and also um, Mary Gibbs, uh, the person who um, was the voice of Boo, I'm you know she's on t- she's on Tumblr now, and I think that if she, if given the chance, I'm sure she'd be more than happy to reprise her role. Has she done any further acting since then? I don't know. I I do know that she, uh, you know, the reason why she got the role was because her dad was like one of the artists or something. So I don't know. That's actually a really good question. Maybe she has, maybe she hasn't. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, like if if we, I mean, obviously we go back to Hey Arnold constantly and even though it's picks mix, I mean, like, I mean, the reason we, uh, you bring Francesca Marie Smith and Annie McAfee back, you know, because they could act back in the day. And, uh, you know, when they brought them back for auditions, obviously, you know, they, uh, they needed to check them out before they did. So I'd imagine she might have to go through an audition process before she, uh, you know, if they did do a Monsters Inc. 2. But, uh, hey, we don't, we, we don't even got an announcement of that film yet. I'll tell you what, and that, doesn't that just show how this, how, how, why we're so disappointed with this film in a way? Because, you know, we really wanted a Monsters Inc. sequel, and instead we got this prequel, which really didn't achieve anything. No, you, in fact, you don't even need to watch this movie to learn about the monster. Uh, to learn about Monsters Inc., you can just watch the first movie, and you'll be able to gain as much information as you need. You'll know about Mike and Sully. You'll know about the monster world. You'll know about Monsters Inc. Monsters University is sort of a pointless movie. I know it's just, it's just and on top of that, you. Uh, I mean, yeah, you, you don't really learn anything new when you think about it. And, no, uh, I mean, the only thing that we learn about is that, oh, how did Mike and Sully met? But even then, that's a continuity error in the first movie, because they met in the fourth grade. They didn't meet in college. I know, it's just, it's, uh, oh dear. Anyway, yeah, despite our differences with, our, you know, uh, 
uh, problems with the movie. It still scored a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, which puts it in like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull territory. Uh, I like to call it, and uh, and also it did a six point eight uh, out of ten on uh, I on IMDb, I believe it was, and yeah. uh, also uh, I was trying to look for the Metacritic score. Um, it was calculated at sixty five uh, based on forty one reviews. So, uh, I imagine it didn't even fare very well in Metacritic according to this. So, uh, <laughs> mm. yeah, right. yeah. So I guess we should give our scores. It's a it's an average film. It's five. Yeah, me. it's a five. Yeah. Um, what, what did we give? Um, uh, what did we give? A good, the, the good dinosaur. Did we give it a, a six or a five? We gave it a six, I think. Uh, yeah, we yeah. gave it a six, and and that's because you know it was an original movie, and we expected we didn't really expect anything out of it. No. But with Monsters Inc. having a prequel, you expect a lot, especially since it had a cliffhanger ending about oh, what's going to happen with Boo and does Sully and Boo, you know, can you know they do they contact to each other? I mean, you know, what happens to Monsters Inc. after they learn about laughs generating more power than screams? So you would expect that that would have been fertile ground for a sequel, but instead we got a prequel and it's nothing interesting. You, like I said, this is a pointless movie. You can just skip this movie, go to monsters Inc. And you would, you know, be perfectly fine. So yeah, yeah. It's a disappointment. And I, yeah, I I do agree. I'm going to give this a five. Do you know what's most disappointing about this? You know, there are other, I mean, obviously we're going out of the Pixar territory here, but uh, there are other Disney franchises that actually would make good university films. Like imagine if you were, imagine if you put a, take a university scenario and you took the cast of recess. How fun would that be to watch them in university? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, even though that we had a really bad recess movie where they were in kindergarten, I mm. mean, yeah, I would love to see them in university. That would be great. Yeah, um, it's like, you know, it's, you know uh, there's a lot of other possibilities of other characters going to university. Uh, we can have Pepper Ann in a university. We can have the Proud family in a university. We can have Phineas and Ferb in a university. Phineas and Ferb in a university. That would be the best thing ever. Yeah, that would actually be very, really fun to watch. I mean, there was other Disney properties where they could do this type of thing. And uh, I just don't think Monsters, Inc. was the was the thing to do it with. I mean, no, it's just, yeah. it wasn't. Especially, I mean, if you were, make it interesting. Make it memorable. Uh, if, you, you know, if you're going to have it in a university... Um, build up the world of the monsters and build up the origins of scaring. And that would have been so much better. I have Randall be on the opposite um, rival team or in a different school being as a rival as opposed to like being some geeky dork. Mm. And, you know, and the characters, you know, Sully was, you know, acting like a jerk just felt out of place with the first movie because he was such a cool, humble guy who just loved his job as a scarer. So there was a lot of, there, there could have been a lot of possibilities. And the one thing that really stuck out to me was the ending in which, you know, the Dean told Mike and Sully about that, you know, they shouldn't um, be concerned about being failures if they were leaving Monsters University, you know, just take it and try to do something good with it, uh, with, you know, your failures and try to triumph into something new. That's the only thing that I remember from this movie. And that's the only thing that it'll take out of it. Everything else... No. So, yeah, I really don't have anything to say about this movie. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's there. And uh, I think it's just best we leave it alone from now. <laughs> yeah, so, that was Monsters University. And that's uh, 
concludes another pigs mix, which we got uh, qu- pretty quickly through. And uh, because yeah, but the, the reason why we got it through pretty quickly is because there's not really much to say about it. There's nothing here. It's like it's just it's. Uh, it was a. It feels like it feels like a holdover, don't you think? Like if if they said, okay, we're gonna make, uh, we are gonna make Monsters Inc. two, but we're just gonna make Monsters University just to hold you over while we make the others, while we make the second movie. Like you know, I'd accept that. Sure. Yeah. yeah like, but uh, you know, it's like uh, so have like TV movie for like you know Monsters University, and then you know bring out Monsters Monsters Inc. two. Yeah, and also, I mean, if you were going to do that, then why didn't you have a Monsters, Inc. animated series? Yeah, I'll tell you what, mind you. I don't know, out of all, if if we had to go for Pixmix animated series, I would rather see The Incredibles, to be honest. Yeah, The Incredibles, absolutely, yeah. The Incredibles animated series would have been great. We already had um, the Buzz Lightyear TV series, and um, let's see, Uh, Cars has, like, so many shorts, it's not even funny. Yeah. Um, and Frozen will be like that eventually, but mind you, they're not a Pixar oh, film. So. Please don't. Um, so, all right, but yeah, other than that, yeah, I mean, have we? I mean, besides Toy Story, was there any other animated series based off of a Pixar movie? Um, what about? No, no Rapunzel wasn't a Pixar film. No, 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 Tangled doesn't count. Um, I can't really think actually. I mean, I don't think there is. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think there is any other animated series other than just the Buzz Lightyear t- uh, cartoon. Yeah. Well, if you uh, guys have any uh, besides the Buzz Lightyear cartoon, yeah, if you, if you know if uh, any of the other uh, Pixar films had uh, TV series, you know, leave them in the comments below, and we'll leave it at that. That concludes another Bix Mix. Uh, so, for myself, Aaron, and Patricia, take care and bye bye for now. See you later. <laughs>